Hello and gentlemen and welcome to another episode of CookieCast. Today on CookieCast it's the football podcast. We're all here, we're all talking football, talking games from last week, previewing games from this week. There's football news. It's all here, it's all happening, it's all going on. Before we get started, please do consider like, share, subscribe and comment. Drop any reviews you want to drop and generally share the podcast around. If if you've got a football fan in your life, send them this podcast. They will love you for it. Right, let's get started. So here we go. This is CookieCast, the football podcast. Recording in progress. That delightful voice, ladies and gentlemen, tells you everything you need to know. Welcome along to your weekly update and instalment of football-based nonsense with myself. But I'm not doing it alone. Along with me today, I have three very special guests, one of which is the uh, creator of this very uh, podcast empire that you see and hear before you, the aforementioned Mr. Andrew Cook. How are you, sir? Uh, I mean, just spectacular. It's what we like to hear on a weekly basis. I'm also joined by Nottingham via Newcastle, via Birmingham, via pretty much all over the place. He is the uh, he is the forest fan that brings you all the uh, all the knowledge of the tricky trees. It is Mr. Matthew Moore. How are you, sir? Oh, wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> ah, the uh, the indication there will tell you all you need to know about uh, Forest's recent results, ladies and gentlemen. And last, but by absolutely no means least, he is uh, Kingston upon Hull's finest. It is Mr. Stuart Womancy. How are you, sir? Always average. Always average. Always average. You can never be better than average, let's be honest. Well, yes, we uh, we come to you this week with um, 66% less managers than we do uh, than we did at the uh, at this particular time last week as uh, at time of recording only Nottingham Forest have their boss that they started the season with. On Friday evening, mere hours before they were due to take on Luton Town, Hull City announced that they had parted company with manager Shota Arvaladze. Uh, how long had he been in the job for, Stu? Um, he took over, what, one or two games after the takeover, so February time, I think it was, from memory. I'm just going by the games because I was... I remember being at the last one of McCann's and then turns out at the first one of Avalazzi's as well. So it was around that time. So around uh, six months in charge? Yeah. He, he, I mean, we talked about this before on the podcast. He never he never really got... He never really changed anything. He brought in, they brought in the players, but he, he did well when he first started playing Grant McCann players in a Grant McCann system. And then when he got his, his own crack at it, it never really came to fruition. So I, I think I ranted quite a lot on last week's podcast about how much I'd quite like him to go. Um, turns out, sometimes you do get what you ask for. So here we are. But yeah, he was he was sacked about eight hours before the game. So the day of the game, 
Um, they put Andy Dawson, so club club legend and defensive coach. Uh, they put him in temporary charge. But it is looking like we might have a new manager announced in the next 24 to 48 hours. Um, so a guy called Pedro Martins, former Olympiacos manager, has been in Hull since the middle of this current week. Um, apparently been in the stands at the, the Wigan game as well. Um, so it's understood to be coming in on a three-year deal and bringing in his old Olympiacos backroom staff as well. So um, the, the whole Daily Mail quoted it as quite a coup for the championship, as to which I was like, ah, that's because I've never heard of him then. Um, but, but yeah, obviously I, I am not the world's biggest football expert of all things football. Um, but yeah, Paul, I probably want to ask Paul. Paul, had you heard of Pedro Martins before I mentioned him? I hadn't until I listened to something on YouTube today by a creator who said that at one point he was linked with the Wolves job in the past. So he, I mean, if he's if he's an ex-Olympiacos manager, he knows what it's like working for a volatile chairman. Let's just put it that way. And, well, I thought I thought at first you were going to say it was uh, it'd been linked with the Watford job, but I think by this point, us four would have a crack at that. I turned it down. <laughs> yeah, well, tune in, tune in next week where we'll get Andy's uh, Andy's thoughts on his first week as Watford's new manager. It's going to be fantastic. It's going to be absolutely wonderful. I, I, I foresee great things. And you know what? You're probably the most qualified of anyone who's taken the position in the last couple of months. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, as we said, uh, 66% of the teams changed manager this week. Um, it wasn't Nottingham Forest as at that time of recording. But Middlesbrough, after 11 months, decided to part company with Chris Wilder. Um, it's something we'd discussed potentially on the podcast that he needed to get results in his uh, in the first game back after the uh, international break. Obviously, we haven't come to that yet, but <laughs> spoiler alert, he didn't. Uh, he made sweeping wholesale changes to the team. Um, it was... Baffling, to say the least, the choices that he'd made from a um, a, a, t- a first team perspective. Um, a lot of people just came out on Facebook and said he's done that because he knows he's getting the bullet. Um, it's it's happened before. Managers that are on the on the brink generally tend to pick either a weakened side or a side that's got a lot of changes from the previous game. I don't know if it's a coping mechanism that they say they can like fall back on it and say well I experimented with something we weren't getting any results I at least tried something and that didn't work so you know I can't really be blamed much more Um, he he hadn't helped himself in the fact that when Sean Dice left Burnley at the uh, midway through last season he didn't distance himself from rumours linking him to the job he would just come out in interviews and just say you don't need to ask me about it rather than just saying Listen, I've got a job at Middlesbrough. I'm not looking, like, you know, I've got a contract for like, you know, two years or whatever. I'm, I'm here for the, I'm here for the long haul. Didn't say that. Didn't exactly help himself. Um, and uh, it came up again with the Bournemouth position. There's been loads of rumours doing the rounds that he's been linked with that job. Hasn't helped himself in the slightest by, by not distancing himself from the role. Um, and then obviously the uh, the result of the weekend was kind of the final straw for him and he was removed on uh, Monday morning. Um, 
Leo Perkovic, who first came to the club in a goalkeeping coach role under Aitor Karanka, uh, has taken the role of caretaker manager, being assisted by uh, a number of the youth team coaches, including Craig Little and um, Lee Catamull. Um, so, um, they took charge of the game tonight against uh, Birmingham, so we'll come to that result in a minute. Um, early indications are that the, the early front runner for the job is Rob Edwards, who's just who's just lost his job as Watford manager. Um, obviously, by the time this goes out, and by the time that it comes around to Borough actually putting in a uh, you know putting a new manager in place, the current Watford manager Slavin Bilic will have probably lost his job. So they might even be linked with uh, with Slavin Bilic. Who knows? Because um, Watford did not. What, as far as I'm aware, Watford didn't win tonight. So, in fact, they did. They lost the game in the last couple of minutes. So, I think he's probably having his P45 readied as we speak. They, they, did, uh, they, won, they won their first game with him in charge four 0 and the, the Watford fans must have been like, "Oh, thank God for that!" And then it comes to tonight, and they're like, "Uh, we've been here before." So, yeah. So, sad times. Obviously, uh, he came with a big reputation. Wasn't able to build on it. It never, it never really seemed like it. There was a couple of moments when it seemed like obviously the FA Cup run last season was was a big, was a big thing, but never really, uh, never really settled after that. It, it seemed as if that took a lot out of the team. They never really sort of recovered from that. As soon as they got dumped out by Chelsea, I think he'd uh, out of the last twenty something games, he'd only won eight or something like that. Not great form, um, and he's uh, he's paid for it with his uh, with his job. So yeah. Borough and Hull both looking for new managers, and um, Nottingham Forest. Uh, whilst whilst not haven't officially sacked Steve Cooper, there is rumours doing the rounds that he's uh, he's potentially on thin ice, Mister Moore. I think by by the sound by by reading through what's going on in the press, kind of attached to Forest that are generally kind of quite good at thing. There was a meeting today of the board. Whatever the board, whoever can, can like whatever the board can uh, consists of, um, and basically, I think Cooper's been told you've got the next match. Um, but then a sporting director's come in. Who used to be at Watford, and there's rumours that the CEO Dave Murphy's possibly going to leave at the end of the month. <laughs> you know, like the recruitment. The recruitment thing for Forrest is, is very well publicised, you know, and we've kind of gone over it over again and I've got stroppy about it over and over again about the fact that they needed to do it and, you know, 15 out of the 26 players that finished the season at Forrest left in the summer and more went fire. You know, it was never going to be an easy job. The recruitment previously made it difficult because we had to recruit new players the the recruitment policy of the club obviously hasn't made it particularly easy you know they need we've got three left backs at the club and I can't understand why you've got three left backs at the club um, you know would be the starting point you know I, I mean we'll talk we'll, we'll talk I'll probably talk about Cooper in more depth when we go over the games, like the results from this week. 
I mean, officially, he's like I said, he's not gone yet. Officially, no. so. but it's it's a difficult it's a difficult conversation. I think it's a really difficult conversation because like you, you, the things that you see on on online is this kind of thing. You know, you know, he's done something that you know nobody could do in twenty three years. Yeah, and he's also about to do something again that people managed to do repeatedly over the past twenty three years is get us relegated. Um, and you know. You've got to be sentimental. You know, there's a level of sentimentality and there's a lot of kind of don't throw the baby out with the bathwater because it's only, what, eight games in? But also, we're eight games in. That's, what, a quarter of the season almost? Pretty much a quarter of the season gone, yeah, exactly. And, you know, there's a level of, you know, like I think I saw somebody today and, you know, and obviously, because the way some Forest fans are and the way that they went about doing their business in the summer... They're an easy target right now, so everybody's getting their licks in. You know, every little tin pot club derby who wants to take shots at Forest are getting their shots in right now. And fine, whatever, but... <sighs> yeah, it's, it's just, it's a difficult kind of situation to kind of, to, to deal with kind of thing, because the joy of May is, you know, very much in the rearview mirror now, kind of thing. It, it's it's always a difficult one. Obviously, myself and Stu have been through promotions to the Premier League within the last number of years, and unfortunately, it is that thing where you go from that incredible high to the realization: oh, wait a minute, no, we aren't as strong as eighty percent of the teams in this division. We are going to get battered pretty much like, you know, every other week. And it's the teams that are around us in the division that we need to get the results against. And they're going to be our best shot of staying in the league. And it's just it's just unfortunate. Obviously, I think they were always they were always likely to get a positive result in their first home game because the atmosphere was going to bring that. Um, you might say they got fortunate with certain decisions where they were. Well, they got the win. They then got a positive point away at Everton. And since then, it's been more of a struggle. Obviously, they've played... The the, the issue for Forrest is that they've played two home games against the teams that you'd argue they needed to get results against in Fulham and Bournemouth. And yep. losing those two, whilst if they'd have lost, say, if they'd have played Man United at home, or... Chelsea at the city ground and lost those, you'd probably be saying, well, we weren't really expected to get anything from those games anyway. So it puts a different slant on it, if you know what I mean. You contrast it, you know, it's probably, if we get, it's probably if we get, if we get, if we can start to look at the the results from the weekend, we can kind of talk about it a little bit more. It's the manner of the, it's the manner of the defeats as well. You know, there's that kind of run of, obviously we played Tottenham and Man City within like days of each other, and they only lost two nil to to, the, to Spurs. And you can't. All right, that's not a bad result. That you know we take we'll take that two nil at home. You know, yeah, it's a shame to lose, but and then obviously we got absolutely slapped by Man City. But then there's not many clubs who haven't got slapped by Man no. City this year. Um, but then it seemed those two results just. 
absolutely poleaxe the rest the, the the club from there on and it's the it's the continual switching of the lineup as he goes in search of this team that it, that's just doesn't seem to think I mean Coyote like I said we'll talk about him in a minute he needs to get in the bin quickly because why he keeps on going back to him and putting him in the centre of defence is is it's it's the only thing that I would say that is probably wrong with the recruitment is the defence is slow really really slow and that's the thing that punt gets punished the most in in the Premiership is that if you've got any, if you've got a slow defence, the, the strikes are ten times quicker than your your defenders, and therefore you're going to get punished. And unfortunately, it was evident last season, and it's very very evident this season that the the, the players that we've got in defence are too slow. Yeah, I think that that's always been the issue. Obviously, like we, we've come back to it before, but everyone always said John Terry never the quickest, but he always had a pacey defender who played alongside him that would bail him out if he ever got yeah. caught out of position. And I think that's the that's the problem. Like we said, Forest have got at the minute in that they don't have that basically. So they're going to have to play with a different style of system to cope or to counteract that. Now, whether that's playing a little bit deeper so they don't get caught in behind at, at times, maybe that's that's something they could look at. But um, it's going to take, it's going to take a while for the team to gel. Obviously, the amount of new players that came in and. You'd like to think if he can just get a settled side, give them a run of say three. Even if they do lose them, just give them that. Give that same team a run of three games. They'll get to know each other. They'll get like they'll get better with the positional side of things and stuff like that. And you never know; something might come from it in the next game. But we could sit here and dissect this for hours, and we wouldn't get anywhere. So we'll dive in to week ten's predictions. So we started. Like we said, with Friday's game, which was Hull City versus Luton. Obviously, at the time we predicted this, Hull still had Avaladzi in charge. Obviously, he was dismissed prior to the game. Um, I don't know if that had an effect on the outcome of the results, Stu, but what do you reckon? No, from from the reports I've seen and everything I've read, I, I wondered personally if they'd binned him off earlier in the week and the formalities were just announced on the Friday. Like payoff and stuff like that. Yeah, based on what we're seeing on the pitch, it, they were just—I don't think they'd had time to come up with any any other plan. They hadn't trained any other way, so it was all still playing out from the back and paid handsomely for it. Uh, so after six minutes, they helped Luton along with an own goal from Alfie Jones. It was and, so uh, unfortunate as well. It's one of these ones where like a, a ball like looped up at the bar, bounced down, hit Jones, and just gone in. He couldn't do anything. Uh, but then uh, Henry Lansbury scored on 44 minutes, so both goals in the first half. Um, yeah, they, they definitely weren't helped in any way by the manager going uh, in that particular game on the basis of the over the entire 90 minutes they had 11 shots. None of them were on target. So that was, I'm sure, a really, really fun watch. But yeah, um, so yeah, another defeat. Again, what started off so well at home seems to have fallen by the wayside somewhat uh, at that point anyway. Mm, not good. So a 2-0 Luton win for the first game of the week. Um, Andy had optimistically gone for a 1-0 uh, home win. 
with Estepinian to score. So sadly, no points there. Myself and Matt had both gone for 1-1 draws. Uh, Estepinian and Morris for Matt's predictions and Pelkas and Morris for mine. Again, no points there. Stu, whilst uh, his team did lose, he did predict a 1-0 win for Luton. So doesn't get any uh, doesn't get any satisfaction from his team but does get the satisfaction of getting a predictions point on the board so after one game Stu on the board with one point myself and uh, myself Matt and Andy still get to score we move to Coventry City versus Middlesbrough on the on Saturday now Coventry went into this without a win in the league this so far this season Middlesbrough went into this without an away win in the league so far yet this season. And they still had Chris Wilder in charge. Which of those things do we think changed, apart from the Chris Wilder situation? Which of those things didn't change, Paul? Well, well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, that's what I should have said, really. Which <laughs> didn't change. Sadly, Middlesbrough still don't have an away win in the season. But Coventry City do have their first win of the season as they managed to sneak a 1-0 win. I will point out at this point as well, I was so convinced that you guys were going to win that you now owe me a quid from my bet that went wrong. Oh, are we, doing, are we doing that? Because I, I need to call in money from all of you then. <laughs> How much was the return? Nothing now as it happens, funnily enough. I'll pay you the uh, I'll pay you the return that you got back. That age old thing: if you bet a quid on Middlesbrough to win, you've uh, spent a quid. Yeah, basically. So, yes, um, <laughs> this was this was covered on a, a, another podcast that I listened to. But um, the goal for Coventry came from a Middlesbrough attacking throw. Excellent. So Borough had an attacking throw. Ten seconds later, the ball was in the back of the Borough head. Just, just another. It was another sort of indictment of when it was when it went wrong. It went spectacularly wrong for Wilder, as we said. His his choices of, of uh, formation and players that he picked in the formation was a bit questionable. He decided to drop both of the attacking wing-backs, so no Ryan Giles down the left, no Isaiah Jones down the right, um, and they got caught down the left-hand side. Um, the ball was played in behind for Victor Yukaresh to uh, latch onto, and the, uh, just to add insult to injury, stuck the ball through Zach Stefan's legs. So that's how the game finished, 1-0. Or a try to get back into it. Had a bit, had a bit more fight in the second half, but to no avail. The game finished one nil. Um, Matt was the closest with a one-one draw. Had Godden to score for Coventry and Hoppy to score for Borough, so no points there. Andy had a one-nil Middlesbrough win with McGree to score the goal, no points there. Stu had a 2-1 with Godden to score for Coventry, Mooney's and McGree to score for the Borough. I too had a Middlesbrough 2-1 win with Mooney's and Akpom to score for the Borough, 
My one solace is that I did have Yukaresh to score for Coventry. So that gets me my first point of the week. So myself and Stu currently residing on one point. Matt and Andy still to get off the mark. We move to the Monday Night Football, where Leicester City, yet to win this Premier League season, took on Nottingham Forest. Oh, oh, Matthew. What went wrong? Did the did the ref blow the whistle? Is that what went wrong? Are we turned up? Yeah. I think I messaged you guys and I said, oh, the Forest lineup looks attacking. <laughs> and then... Did you, you need to say this? And then just have a, I have a deep sense of foreboding. Oh, I have yeah. a bad feeling about this. <laughs> uh, was the mighty boosh and the uh, gorilla mm. in, in said programme. Um, <laughs> and it played out exactly... <sighs> this is the thing, and I'm like... Is it, it's three games on the bounce now where there's this Forest concede a goal and then go, oh, I'm sorry, would you like two more just so we can put this game to bed? You know, like, and it's just, and that's what it was, you know, I think, was it? So, I mean, the, so it started with the Bournemouth game where they had two in six minutes. Um, Fulham had three in five. And this one was just the three and nine just to kind of really kill the game off. And, like, by the sound of it, they didn't even have a foot in the game in anyway, kind of thing. So they'd kind of gone for this attacking style with... I, I, I honestly couldn't have told you what the lineup was. And, and that's the... Gen- when you look at it and go, we've got a one-year starting, and you've got Morgan's Gidwire starting, you've got Lingard starting, and you've got Johnson starting. I don't know how that works. That <laughs> I genuinely don't... That. And this is the point where I'm at now is that what you know, and I'm kind of rehashing what we've already. I, what Steve, what Steve Cooper did for us last season is absolutely outstanding. At the moment, he seems out of his depth, and I don't know whether it's the volume of players, whether they can't, and and like you know, and, and I suppose anybody can put anything on Instagram. They seem to have a really good kind of squad mentality, and they seem to all get on well and stuff like that, but. You know, and from what I've, from what I've read and what I've seen, this the guy that they've got at left back, Lodi, seems to just be a defensive liability. I think I've said that before. Nico Williams certainly has come out of that Liverpool um, factory of right backs that can't defend, um, and it just seems to be the the three at the back that they insist on playing are immediately exposed to. To, to very good attacking players and they can't cope. Um, you know, the first goal was a deflection, so it was really unfortunate. You know, Scott McKenna's got a big, massive chest because he's a big, massive guy and James Madison managed to ping it straight off that chest into the goal and then it just, it just falls apart. It just falls apart and... Uh, I think they can do so much work on on the field, but like we we've suffered from this certainly within the last two seasons as well. But 
that is the panic when your team let a goal in. You know full well that the next five minutes you're going to be under the cosh again because they just fall. To, like they, 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 it's not that they give up necessarily, but it like they're not in the game. They, like the fact that they've gone one down seems to remove them from that fixture for the next five minutes. And if they can ride it out, fine. But a lot of the times when it doesn't, it, you know, like you said, they might as well have two or three, and then. You, you know, what what chance have you got when you when you're two down? It's just bizarre down. panic that seems to 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 kind of set in, and you know, like I said, I think obviously when we discussed it for the Fulham review, we saw it last season as well. We saw it against Bournemouth in that game just just before the end of the season. We certainly saw it at the, in the Sheffield United playoff game of like, oh, we've conceded a goal. Oh man, well we better not concede another. Or don't concede another. Oh shit, we've conceded another. Well, we definitely better not concede another one. And it's just like this kind of like this. Don't 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 do the bad thing. And you just think, yeah, don't do the bad thing. Get yourself organised. Get yourself sorted out. Get everything fucking in a row and sort yourselves out. But there doesn't seem to be there doesn't seem to be a cool head anywhere. You know, I'll never understand why it happens. Yes, it's disappointing you've gone one down. But if you were to say to a team, right, we're going to give you a three-head start, surely the team going into that on the on the losing end of that will be like, right, we've got to do everything we can to bring this back now. And it, it for whatever reason during the game, that mentality goes away. It's, oh, I've let one in. Oh, shit. Oh, I've let another one in. Like, there's no, like it, Why does it take all the fight out of a team? That's where the management needs to step in and get that right for me. And that doesn't seem to be there in the, the like like I said, the when when the team when the team was announced, I was just like, that seems really, really off. It seems really, really off. And then someone showed a picture of the game and the amount of space for the for the Leicester players to play in and play through from from midfield to the to the defence was acres of space. It was just acres of space. And you're going to get destroyed by by shit premiership teams. Not good premierships, because they are going to wipe the floor yeah. with you. Shit premiership teams are going, to do, are going to do it as well. One thing that did come up on the radio, um, as I was driving back from playing football on Monday when, it, when the first half was on, um, Danny Murphy seemed to indicate that Forest were playing a different system to what they'd like, been used to playing. So I don't know if they'd gone to like two centre-halves or, or maybe they were playing two centre-halves with a sweeper sort of either in front of them or behind them or something. But like he said, I mean, like he even said this, once once they'd gone 2-0 down, it was like the main issue is they're playing a system they've not played for like the last six months or whatever. So they don't know what they're doing. The, the thing is, if like if the, 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 the setup that obviously got us promoted was five at the back, but with two wing backs, three in midfield, but with two kind of holding midfielders. So Yates and Garner were that holding kind of midfielder. Then you had like a Zinkenagel or whoever in front of them, and then two up front with Johnson and and Davis or Surridge. And they've, I don't know. I don't know if they can't find the players to play that, or whether they can't. Whether I, I just I don't know I don't know 
I thought we'd I thought we'd come get into into the Premier League. I thought we'd be solid, and we're we're certainly not that. We're certainly not solid, and it's it's just so yeah. Madison staked his claim for England, uh, whatever. Um, Dakar and somebody else. Harvey Barnes was the other one. Harvey Barnes, yeah, Harvey Barnes. I mean, maybe he staked a claim for England as well, or does he play for Wales? I can't remember. No, he is is English. So, yeah, you know. (sighs) Yeah. And then James Madison proceeded to say the quiet thing loud in an interview. (laughs) Basically said, yeah, I wanted to go to Newcastle. Then they didn't sell me. But also, we'll see what happens in January, because I'd still quite like to go to Newcastle, if you'd thank you very much. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Oh, dear. So yes, not not a banner night for Nottingham Forest by any stretch of the imagination. Um, again, Mr Optimistic in the corner over there. Andy Cook had gone for a 2-0 Nottingham Forest win with Johnson and Lingard to score the goals. No points there. Um, yes, he got himself a nice goal involvement for the Madison's first goal. Sack of shit. Myself, Stu and Mr Moore all went for 2-2 draws. Um, my goal scorers for us were a one-year and Yates. Stu had Johnson and Gibbs-White, whereas Matt had a one-year and Johnson. So no points there for the Forest goal scorers. <coughs> um, Stu had Harvey Barnes, tick, and Yuri Tielemans, no tick. Matt had... Yuri Tielemans, no tick, but he did have Madison, so he got some sort of little tick there. I had Madison and Barnes, so I managed to get myself two points there. So, after the third game of the week, I have three points. Stu has himself two points. Matt's off the mark with his first point of the week, and Andy still yet to score, sadly. Um, two games left. We have Hull City versus Wigan and Middlesbrough versus Birmingham City that took place this evening. But before we get into those games, we are just going to take a small comfort break. Maybe recharge your glasses. Maybe even go to the toilet yourselves. We'll be back very shortly to wrap up the remainder of Game Week 10 before we jump into Game Week 11's predictions. Join us, won't you? Recording in progress. Thanks for joining us again, or what's more likely, you just kept it playing as you went for your piss. <laughs> we uh, we continue with week 10, and we have, as we said before, tonight's games that took place, starting on Humberside, where Hull City took on Wigan Athletic. Mr Woodman C? Yep. So, things started somewhat as they'd finished in the previous uh, run of games, um, as Hull fell behind on 14 minutes, thanks to an old boy. So, you know, Paul, I, I, I won't say this very often on a recorded format, but occasionally you can be right. Old boy rule is a thing. Um, so there we go. But, in front of the potential new manager in the stands... Hull decided they might as well have a crack at this one. It's got 20 minutes. Uh, Pelkas got the equaliser. should say that the first goal from uh, Will Keane was a, was a headed effort, as was the equaliser. 
as was the eventual winner for Hull, scored in the 65th minute by Oscar Estepignon. So Hull finished the evening, 2-1 winners, much, much happier on the old Humber side, as was right now. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Mr. Moore went for a 1-1 draw. So it was an Oscar Estupinian header away from a perfect score. Unfortunately, he didn't pick any of the goal scorers. He has he had Tufan and McGuinness to score the goals. So sadly, no points for Mr. Moore there. Both myself and Andy had 1-0 Hull City wins. So that was straight out of the window as soon as Will Keane scored for uh, Wigan. I had two fans to score, and he had long man to score. Just the one point there for myself and for Mr. Cook. However, Nostradamus over there in the East Riding, picking a 2-1 Hull win with Pelkas and Estupinian to score for Hull, did have McGuinness to score for... Uh, for Wigan, so not quite a clean sweep. Wrong old boy. Wrong old boy, exactly. Uh, but does manage to net himself four points from one game. So, after four games of the week, I have four points. Stu has six points. Matt and Andy both on one apiece. We finished the week. On side, as all good weeks should finish. Said no you one start, ever. With that better week as you leave. Is what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how dare you? <laughs> with Middlesbrough taking on Birmingham City, obviously the first the first game of the Leo Perkovic era, and it started remarkably well with a. 1-0 Middlesbrough win. Uh, obviously watched a little bit of this as we uh, as we were taking care of a little bit of uh, other business that you might be able to hear in the coming days. Who knows? You know, just keep an eye on your feeds. You know, might, might be there, might not. Um, Tuba Akpom back in the team after uh, his return to fitness. He was on the subs bench on Saturday but did get on. Started this uh, this evening. And was rewarded Mr. Perkovich with the first and therefore only goal of the game. Um, after that, there was a few chances here and there, but uh, eventually, obviously, the game just sort of petered out, and Middlesbrough were able to hang on for the one 0 win. Mr. Moore again with the one-one draw scoreline. Sadly, getting himself no points, and he had Muniz and Hogan to score the goal. So no points there for Mr. Moore at all, unfortunately. Uh, Andy, very optimistic. He'd gone for the 3-0 win for the Borough. Point for the result, but he had fours, Hoppy and Watmore to score. Sadly, no points for the goal scorers there. Me, not quite as optimistic as Mr Cook, but I went for the 2-0 Middlesbrough win, so point for the result. I had Watmore and McGree to score. No points there. Nostradamus over there in, um, in the East Riding. Picked a 1-0 Middlesbrough win. Two points for the result and the correct scoreline. He did, however, have Giles to score. 
That did not happen. So, rounding out the week, Mr Moore, unfortunately, only has one point from five games. Mr Cook, two points from five games. I've managed to round myself out and get myself a little average of a point a game to get myself on five, but taking the win with a very, very respectable eight points is Mr. Stuart Woodmansey. Well done to you, sir. Well done. Yes. I finally won a week. I finally won. <laughs> can go home now. Oh, wait a minute. Absolutely. We immediately move into week 11, and there's only three games to pick here, as I believe it's... No, it's not, Cap- it's not Capital One Cup, as it's Champions League next week, so there must be... Champions League. Just... No need for championship games midweek. We start. Uh, this is another weekend where we have games on Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Uh, two of which are on Sky, one of which is not, which is the first game we start with, which is Millwall taking on Middlesbrough. Obviously, it's my team, so I will go last. Mr. Cook, what have you got down for this one? So, as, as we've seen from uh, this evening's game, um, uh, I've noticed a trend where a new manager is put in place and teams t- tend to sort of chivvy a little. Um, Just I have... before you go any further, I will point out that the best Middlesbrough have done away from home this season so far is one draw. They've lost all the rest. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. They're going to turn it all around. Um, I've not gone quite full-blown Middlesbrough on this one. I've gone with a 2-1 win for the Borough. Um I tried my best to get a Millwall player and came up with a Phobe. Very nice. Um, and weirdly, I was like, do you know what? I know he's, I know he is still at Middlesbrough, so I'm going to put him down for a goal. I've got Chubber and Fawes. Uh, I may have gone a little too late on the Chubber train, I'm afraid, but hey. Akpom and Fors. Fors did come on tonight and put himself about a bit, made himself look uh, half decent. So he might be in with a chance for a little game time on Saturday. Uh, Mr. Moore? I've gone for a one all draw. Interesting. And your goal scorers, please. I mean, I'm going to take every chance to pick him whenever I can. I've got the Honeyman scoring for Millwall. Podcast favourite, dancing back into the room. George Honeyman. Aye. And Moon is for... Uh, for uh, Will Honeyman be the money man for Mr Moore? Look at this. Unbelievable. For those of you not watching on the YouTubes, Mr Woodmansey has picked Millwall 1, Middlesbrough 1 with Honeyman and Moon is to score oh. the goals. I got the wrong old boy for my last week's predictions. Now I've just got the wrong team's old boy in this. You have. And unfortunately, lads, you've all forgotten that George Savile used to play for the Borough. I, too, have gone for a 1-1 draw with George Savile to score for Millwall and Akpom to score for the Borough. We move... To the Sunday fixture, which I believe is at 12pm, maybe? Correct. Correct. This is live on Sky, and it is Huddersfield Town taking on Hull City. Mr. Woodmansey's team, so he will go last. I'll dive in on this one. Much like the Middlesbrough-Millwall game, I have gone for a 1-1 draw. 
I've gone for Jordan Rhodes to score for Huddersfield. And I've gone for Cyrus Christie to get a goal for Hull. Again, old boy rule sort of applies, but not for Huddersfield, for Forrest and Borough. Hmm. Mr Moore. I mean, I was laughing because we both watched him play. There's not a cat in the house chance he's scoring a goal. When he was at Borough, he, I, I liked him, but obviously he was he was a player who showed a little bit of flair. And then Tony Pugh came in and said, <laughs> well, well, that off you go. I have gone for a 2-1 Hull win. Ooh. Yes. Goal scorers, please. Rhodes for Huddersfield. Estepignon and Longman. Yeah, he's back at it after tonight in the old Estu and old Longy. He's overdue a goal. Longman came off the bench tonight as well, so he's he's had the the Luton game. He started the like the uh, Wigan game. He's come off the bench, so it depends what they do. They might they've they've got Cynic now as well, which they keep flip flopping him with. So. We'll see. There was a guy I was going to ask you about, actually. I think it might have been him. Sumik or Cynic or whatever his name is. Mm. Mr. Cook, what have you got for this one? Very similar to, to you to you boys. I've got Huddersfield 1, Hull 1, Rhodes and Estupinian to score. Go on then, Mr. Woodman. So look at your crystal ball and tell us what's, uh, what the actual result's going to be because obviously everyone's going to want to put money on this uh, given the last two results. So. Huddersfield 3, Hull City 1. Oh, dear. We don't, we've never travelled to Huddersfield well. I don't know what it is about this thing because the players that are there now have probably never even been to Huddersfield. Well, a couple of them might have. But, um, yeah, I've got Rhodes, Holmes and Kamara for Huddersfield. And the aforementioned Cynic. I don't suppose you want to spell that one for us, do you? S-I-N-I-K. Cynic. Lovely. We round out the week with this second consecutive appearance on the Monday Night Football for Nottingham Forest. This time it will take place at the City Ground and they will take on Aston Villa. Uh, nice and simple with this one. Obviously, Mr Moore will go last as his team. I think this one could be a bit boring. I've gone for a nil-nil draw on this one. Nice and basic. Don't concede. Keep it nice and tight. Just get a point. Get them to the back and even keel. Mr. Woodman, see how many times are you going to flog that? Or the, the a team a team's been beaten. Oh, it'll be nil nil the next game. How many points? Anyway, um, I can say that this week. Um, I also do think it'll be a draw, but I think they'll score. So I've gone for one one, and I've gone for. Johnson and Watkins. Now, off the top of my head, I don't know if there are any old boys in a play on this one. Oh, Cash. 
Mr. Cook. Um, I'm very much with you, Mr. Williams, but I see a goal, uh, and I think Forrest are going to just sort of manage to right the ship a little. Get one goal from Johnson, so one nil with Johnson to score. To round out the week deliciously, Mr. Moore, tell us how this one's going to go down. I, just, I love, I love how you like some of you kept it low, considering. Four goals, five goals, five goals, six goals is like the last four games. You know, just the kind of thing. I've gone for 3-1 Villa. Oh. But Stevie Gerrard? Yeah, but... Brendan Rodgers. <laughs> well, not Scott Parker. Had Scott Parker been sacked? Yeah, Scott Parker had just been sacked. Fucking Gary O'Neill. I mean, seriously, like, you know, take your pick out of dog shit manager X comes and makes <laughs> his name at Forest by giving us an absolute thumping. So, yeah, Dennis to score for Forest. Nice. Coutinho, Watkins, and McGinn to kind of thing. And I've gone not with old boy rules as in potential signing, but turned us down to go to Villa instead signing in John McGinn. I didn't even know you were in for McGinn. Yeah, at the same time that he went to Villa. Villa were in the Championship. It's the year they went up. Yeah. Do you reckon it was a case of Forrest tried to sign them but then pulled out when they saw how massive his arse was? I don't know. I don't think, I'm not sure that that's part of their recruitment policy. Yeah, well, it probably should <laughs> be. That's what they've gone away from this season. <laughs> well, they're yeah. probably like, listen, listen, mate, we, we'd, love to have, we'd love to sign you, but unfortunately our shorts only go up to 5XL, you fat. Maranakis, Maranakis comes in. Oh, your bottom! It makes mine look <laughs> twice as big as what it was before. It's making me sick. <laughs> More Giros for you. <laughs> anyway, ladies and gentlemen, that, that concludes the week's predictions. Unless you gentlemen have anything else to bring to the party. The only other thing I will say is that obviously the uh, the latest odds came out for the uh, the borough manager position, and it was was announced on Twitter that uh, they were interested in speaking to obviously Rob Edwards, who who lost his job at Watford. He was a, he was an early front runner, uh, and the other name that was that was doing the rounds was the aforementioned Gary O'Neill, uh, to which people dug up a appearance he made on a podcast where he said the only time in his career where he actively went to get a booking was when he was playing for the Borough against Bolton Wanderers and he wanted the weekend off so he could watch the Masters with his mates. <laughs> he did score in the game, but he also got himself booked so he would miss the next week's game. The outrage that went around on Twitter when it found when Borough fans found out that he was in the running for the manager's job when pretty much wild and he was uh, he was later announced to no longer be under contention is is that not akin to match fixing is, is that hey? not akin, is that not akin to match fixing yeah well it, it, like i imagine he, he gets around it now by the fact that he when he came out and said it he was no longer playing so they couldn't really do anything against him as long as his mates didn't put like a shit ton of money on him definitely getting booked in that game then yeah. uh, i mean that they would could, be that would be the match fix inside of things. I think you'll find Paul they could still probably retrospectively punish him by um, signing him to be the Middlesbrough manager. <laughs> <laughs> you 
Well worth the Masters weekend this time. You anyway. can't get fucked for this, Gary. You can't have been <laughs> back line. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. That's another week done and dusted. Um, fingers crossed, by the time we record next week, one, if not both, of the clubs may have a permanent manager in place. You never know. By this time next week, Forrest might not have a permanent manager in place. But we'll wait and see. All that's left for me to do is to thank these three lovely gentlemen for joining me once again to take us through the, the delightful and, uh, you know, definitely not at any time miserable world of football. Yes, sir. Again next week where we'll chop it all up again, turn it over, give it a nice, you know, seasoned crust and then serve it to you wonderful people via your ear and, you know, eye holes. Until then, goodbye for now. So there you go, what do you think to that? Changes at the top, maybe changes on the field, on the pitch. It's not a field, is it? What do I know? Big thank you to listeners, watchers, and subscribers. You too can be a subscriber by clicking that subscribe button. That way you'll know when there's more new content coming your way. If you want to check out our website, it's Over there, there's social media links and an email button for you to get in touch with us. That's it for this one. Till next time, say bye, and I'll see you then. Thank you for listening to these grumpy old men talk about football. If you've enjoyed this episode, please like, share and subscribe.